Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining I Am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Wendy Park. Hello. Wendy, it is so good to have you here and nice to meet you. Nice to We just met five minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> just about, so I'm glad to have you here. Would you tell us a little bit about you and your family? So I am a widowed parent. I have been widowed for nine years, and I have three kids, ages 21, 18, and 11, and a puppy by the name of Mercy, who is one and a half. Love it. And I homeschool, and I teach eighth-grade English at our homeschool co-op. I also work part-time for a healthcare broker, and we have been at Watermark for seven years. Wow. Yes, big number to, to hit. And I serve in Kaleidoscope, helping adapt curriculum by turning all of our Bible stories into picture simple communication that is used all across our preschool, elementary, and young adults. I also serve as a women's Bible study virtual leader on Thursday nights. Shout out to my group. They're the most amazing women around. And in the fall, I will be joining the additional needs team. Wow. So you're you're serving all over the church. I am. Yes. What, what an encouragement. I'm so glad you're here. We'll put the link for Kaleidoscope, our additional needs ministry in the episode description. If you're interested in serving or you've got a friend who might be a good fit, let them know what resources are available. We'd love to host them. I'm, I'm certain. Right, Wendy? Yes, we would. But all that said, today we are in 1 Kings 9. And Wendy, I'd love to know what observations did you make as you studied this passage? So we start off 1 Kings 9 off the tale of 1 Kings 8, in which we had Solomon's amazing prayer of dedication to the temple. It is beautiful. It's wonderful. And the whole nation has come to celebrate. It's a massive time of celebration after seven years of construction of the temple. And there's a seven-day celebration And then God appears again to Solomon Mm. seven years later. So seven, 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 we indicate this number meaning completeness and wholeness. And it should be this great, wonderful, festive time. But God gives all these warnings to Solomon in the midst of this. If you remain faithful to me, if you obey me. And what God is wanting is to see that Solomon leads the nation in faithfulness and obedience. If Solomon follows him, Everyone else will follow him. Mm -hmm. And then we transition to what seems to be a really boring passage. (laughs) I love the honesty. It is nothing but business dealings. And for those of us in business, we're like, yay, great. This is the business section of the Bible. And the rest of us are like, okay, I have no idea what this means. So we start out in verse 11, in which Solomon gives these 20 towns to King Hiram. This is a violation of Leviticus 25:23, in that all the land belongs to the Lord. Now, mm. David Guzik's commentary suggests that the towns may have been collateral for a loan that Solomon made between him and King Hiram, but it's still a shady business deal because Hiram looks at these towns and go, these are totally worthless. Why do I care about them? And he has a reason to be offended because he has been this amazing friend to David and Solomon and everything Mm. he's provided them. He's shown extravagant kindness to them, acknowledged the Lord, and Solomon gives him junk. Mm. You know, when we look at the life of Solomon, we kind of think he gets to the end of his life and he immediately just stops being faithful Mm -hmm. to the Lord. It was a slow slide. Yeah. I I always think of chapter 11 
is like when I, in my mind, mentally denote his decline. But you're right. We, we really do start to see it here in chapter 9. And this ties into this whole list of cities that he is fortifying. And you're like, why do I care about cities in Israel? Hmm. Well, we got Hazer in the north, Megiddo in the middle, and Gezer in the south, which was a wedding present to him from the pharaoh of Egypt. Doesn't everybody, like, put on their wedding registry? Yes, cities, three. Three, actually. I, I would like the city of Gezer, and I'd like you to totally destroy it and hand it to me as a wedding present. That's what we want. <laughs> so he has to rebuild this city. Why is this important? Because these three cities are on the international coastal highway. It's a trade route. Hmm. And what's he doing? He's trying to establish an empire, a trade empire. And he has plenty of money to do this. Money he seemingly didn't have to pay back his loan to King Hiram. Hmm. So that's part of this. And he has a few more cities that are mentioned in here, and they're all about showing that he's trying to build an empire. Why is he doing this? He wasn't called to the Lord to do this. He shortchanged an ally. He just keeps going with his building projects. He's not being faithful with his resources. He's also using slave labor to do this. Hmm. And this is problematic. All is not right in the kingdom. What I hear you saying is, when we look at Solomon at face value, at the surface level, it seems as though... We could read this passage, chapter 9, and say, oh, yeah, he's a rich guy and he got cities and it's no big deal. That was normal for him. Okay. But when you really press in and study it, what you find is that he's starting to drift. He's not stewarding what God has entrusted him with well. And there's maybe even some pride or selfishness creeping in. Exactly. He's not being faithful to the Lord and he's not obeying. And in our everyday business dealings, our work dealings, we have an opportunity to show our faithfulness and obedience to God or to slowly drift away from mm. him in what we do. And our lives are called to be these extraordinary pictures of God's grace and mercy in everything we do, how we steward our time, talents, everything mm -hmm. from doing spreadsheets to emails to carting kids around. We are called to be faithful with what God has given us. Absolutely. How does this play out for you in your personal life? I mean, you gave some great examples, but more specifically, how do you live differently because of what you read in chapter 9? So I have a saying. It says, I will be faithful to the things he has called me to be faithful to for the time he has called me to be faithful to them. Hmm. We have Say it one more time. That was good. I will be faithful to the things he has called me to be faithful to for the time he has called me to be faithful to them. Hmm. We have seasons of faithfulness. For me, right now, I'm a widow. I previously was married for 17 years. I had to be faithful to my marriage. Now I need to be faithful to my widowhood and steward it for God's glory. Mm. And you think, oh, it's really sad. You're a widow. That's horrible. That's awful. But there are ways I can use it to glorify God in the midst of it. Absolutely. I can glorify God in my solo parenting. It's not easy. I could sit around and complain all the time about I have to do everything myself. Right. Or I can use it to show God to others. Mm. I can do it in my work. I'm doing a job that I never expected to do. I never expected to work for a healthcare broker. I'm a teacher by trade. And yet it was God's perfect provision for my family in order to provide for them. And I am eternally grateful for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's perspective. Yes. That's great, Wendy. Any challenge you'd leave the audience with as we wrap up? Or final thoughts? I challenge you to look for God's faithfulness in your life. It's easy to overlook it in the midst of our everyday moment by moment, but we can practically look at it. Start with something like making a list. Look for one thing that God has done for you today. 
Write it down. Mm -hmm. Keep a journal of God's faithfulness, and you will be amazed at what God has done for you. It's good, Wendy. As we as we keep reading through First Kings, we will see what happens when Solomon forgets what God has done for him and why God has done it. So I love that exercise. It's a great challenge. Any final thoughts? You feel good? I feel good. All right. Wendy, thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.